0: UBS Wealthway is an approach incorporating liquidity, longevity, legacy strategies that UBS Financial Services, Inc. and our financial advisors can use to assist clients in exploring and pursuing their wealth management needs and goals over different timeframes. This approach is not a promise or guarantee that wealth or any financial results can or will be achieved. All investments involve the risk of loss, including the risk of loss of the entire investment. Timeframes may vary. Strategies are subject to individual client goals objectives and suitability hi everyone Dan Cassidy here welcome to the UBS conversations podcast channel When it comes to your financial life, it is important to make sure your financial plan and portfolio strategy are aligned. But how are these two concepts related? Why should conversations about them be ongoing? And what are some strategies you should consider? We will discuss all of that and more today in the fourth segment of our Evolution of Advice podcast series. I am joined today by Steve Mattis, Head of Advisory and Planning Products. Emily Lau, head of Wealth Planning Sales, and Ashok Eastman, head of the Portfolio Advisory Group for the Americas. So, Steve, as a starting point, how do we make sure our financial plans and portfolio strategies fit together?
1: Thanks, Dan. Uh, it's great to be here today with my colleagues, Emily Lau and Ashok Eastman. Uh, you ask a great question, and at UBS, our mission is to help our clients navigate the opportunities and challenges they face throughout their lives and help them reach their goals but it's only by truly understanding those goals that we can help them get there. And that's the purpose of today's podcast. It's the intersection of creating a financial plan based on those goals and an investment portfolio that helps those goals become a reality. Financial planning and portfolio strategy go hand in hand. Let's dive right in. I'll start with Emily. Emily, you are on a financial advisor team. You consider yourself a planner, first and foremost. Can you tell us how a financial plan and an investment strategy are related?
2: So to me, wealth management in its most beneficial form for clients is when there is a coordination between their financial plan and their investment strategies. As you said, Steve, it goes hand in hand. If you were to build a house, you would not build a house one room at a time. Instead, what you would do is to hire an architect to create a detailed blueprint to oversee the construction of the house, and then more importantly, to ensure that there's structural integrity. The blueprint created by the architect will determine the necessary building materials and where those materials will go. The architect in this analogy is the financial planner. The blueprint, the financial plan, and the building materials are the investment strategies. So we would start by having conversations with you around your short-term and your longer-term goals, as well as the goals that you may have for your family wealth, to help you define the purpose of that wealth. We would then incorporate the goals into your financial plan along with cash flows, assets, titling of the assets, insurance, liabilities, and anything else that makes up your financial picture in order to show you not just the existing financial situation, but also what's possible and the necessary action steps. One of the action steps could be changing your existing portfolio, and that's where the coordination comes into play. Known as UBS Wealthway, a portion of your portfolio would be structured such that it meets any liquidity needs you may have in the short term, usually with an outlook for the next three years. For example, if you're going to be purchasing a house, that down payment for the home would be invested in vehicles that is not as sensitive to market swings. Another portion is set up to provide for those longer-term objectives And if applicable, a third portion of the portfolio will be structured to benefit your heirs and or the charity where perhaps taking calculated risk in return for additional growth could make sense. In my analogy, I talked about the architects having responsibility in ensuring structural integrity of the house to ensure structural integrity in the financial house. In addition to helping you build wealth, we would also be protecting that wealth for you. As an important part of this process, we would address ahead of time events that can potentially derail your plan and your portfolio. So, for example, within the analysis, we would provide solutions as to how to best prepare for a long-term care event and how to pay for it. Lastly, both the financial plan along with the investment strategy should be reviewed. The plan should be reviewed annually. The investment strategies should be reviewed at least quarterly. And if you experience a life event, we would want to re-look at both the plan as well as the portfolio. So, for example, if we find that your expenses have increased significantly, we would need to adjust the portfolio such that it is geared more towards generating income. Life changes, and your plan along with your portfolio should change with it.
1: Thank you, Emily. As everyone here probably knows, our planning teams work very, very closely with our portfolio advisory group known as PAG. And Ashok leads that team, which really focuses on portfolio strategy and implementation. So Ashok, I'm curious to get your perspective. How is information from planning helpful to you in terms of timeframes and philanthropic causes and factoring those into existing portfolios during the portfolio construction process?
3: Thanks, Steve. The discovery process and, and the information that comes from planning, it, it's not only helpful, it is absolutely essential for us as we construct portfolios for our clients. We always want to provide our clients with meaningful advice, and, and that advice should have, should have a clear purpose. Historically, in our industry, the purpose by and large has been focused on on overall wealth maximization. And this is really where our capabilities and approach have, have evolved over time. You know, now we focus much more on goals and we can be more nuanced in ascertaining what our clients are trying to achieve with their wealth. Once we know what a client is trying to achieve, it's much more straightforward to assemble the investment solutions that we think will give them the highest likelihood of achieving those goals. And as our thinking around goals and purposes evolves, so have the tools that we're able to bring to bear. In thinking about portfolio construction, we have much more sophisticated techniques than ever before to limit the range of, of expected outcomes for a given portfolio and, and protect against outcomes that may interfere with our clients reaching their goals. For example, we can be very specific in targeting objectives such as yield or tax efficiency or providing downside protection or even seeking a specific hurdle rate where appropriate. And Steve, you hit on a really important point around time frames and how valuable it is to to make the distinction between assets that are intended to be used today, the assets that are intended to be used in, in in say 20 or 30 years, and even those assets that a client is unlikely to use during her lifetime. This this timing very clearly informs how we look at and structure different asset pools. For instance, funds for retirement would be invested differently than assets that might be part of, of say, a generation-skipping trust. And similarly, many of our wealthiest families may have a variety of legal entities, including trusts, limited partnerships, operating companies, and and potentially family foundations, both in and outside of the estate. And it's essential to our portfolio strategy to fully understand what each of these entities is meant to do. And Emily touched upon the UBS Wealthway philosophy as our bridge that connects planning and portfolio construction, helping our clients to align their financial assets and portfolios with their long-term goals. This has never been more important than it is now. We saw uh, that many of the challenges of of 2020 caused many of our clients and and even investors more broadly to reevaluate the purpose of their financial wealth, our Wealthway framework, helps clients to prioritize their goals, and it it gives us the tools to help achieve these goals that are most important to them. Ultimately, we want to make a clear connection between the assets and the objectives of those assets, and this connection really helps our clients distinguish between assets they need for the remainder of their lifetime and those assets that can be used to improve the lives of others, whether it be for future generations or for philanthropic causes. And the way we would invest these assets to fund a family's lifestyle would largely be focused on maintaining sufficient liquidity, as well as uh, creating a diversified allocation that is sized to meet all the expected future liabilities of the family. However, assets that are meant to leave a legacy can take advantage of the longer time horizon and can generally be more aggressive and and less liquid. Now, Steve, I I could go on and on because planning and portfolio construction are so intimately connected, but in the interest of time, I'll I'll turn it back to you.
0: So Steve, with respect to communication, that component between the client and the advisor, sometimes these conversations might happen initially, but are not necessarily revisited on a going forward basis. So Steve, from your vantage point, why is it so important to have ongoing conversations with your advisor about your goals and concerns?
1: A great question, Dan. And and I think this past year, uh, if nothing else, reminded us that Life is unpredictable. And of course, our own uh, needs and desires and goals change every year. And, and as that happens, it's important to continue. Evolving our financial plan and our investment strategy along the way. Uh, we've talked a bit about, uh, the UBS wealth way already, and that's where our financial advisors help clients segment their wealth across the three L's liquidity being short term longevity for the balance of their lifetime. And then as Ashok suggested, you know, legacy for, for others. So I think we should really focus now on strategies that clients should consider today when thinking about their financial plan and investment strategy. So I'll start with you, Emily. Sure, Steve. So
2: there are two strategies that I want to highlight given the Current environment. The first is a Roth conversion. With the passing of the SECURE Act in 2019, most non-spouse uh, heirs, inheriting IRAs on or after January 1st, 2020, cannot stretch the distributions over their lifetime anymore and instead must withdraw all assets from the inherited IRA within 10 years. So if you have a traditional IRA that's not needed for your lifetime spending, you may want to consider converting part of that IRA to a Roth IRA. While the same mandatory 10-year withdrawal rule will apply, generally Roth IRA distributions are tax-free to your heirs. You will have to pay income taxes on that conversion But the income tax payment is not considered a gift by the IRS, which means you can reserve your lifetime gift exemption for shifting other assets out of your state. This leads to the second strategy, which is using your lifetime gift exemption if you haven't done so already. The federal lifetime exemption right now is $11,700,000 per individual allowing couples to actually transfer approximately $23.4 million away without incurring gift or estate tax. The proposed tax changes is to actually reduce this exemption. Also, you may live in a state where that state has an estate tax separate from the federal. Additionally, due to the pandemic, asset levels in certain sectors may still be down from previous levels, albeit temporarily, as well as interest rates used in valuing gifts for certain strategies are lower than ever. These factors make it an opportune time to gift assets and shift wealth outside of your estate if those assets are not needed for your lifetime spending. You can either gift outright, or most likely with large gifts, you may want to do so in a controlled manner using irrevocable trust. Now, for both of these planning ideas to be as effective as possible in transferring wealth, thoughtful consideration must be given to the investment selection as those choices can increase or drag down the potential inheritance. One investment methodology you can consider is sustainable investing, which is an investment approach that can improve portfolio return outcomes while reducing potential risk and can have positive impact on society and the planet. I think of it as not just transferring monetary value to your family, but also a way to convey your beliefs we not having to sacrifice growth potential.
1: Thank you, Emily. Uh, and Ashok, I'll ask you the same question. What are some strategies a client should consider today when thinking about their
3: financial plan and investment strategy tactically? Sure, Steve. When we speak with clients about their plans, we often, we often measure in terms of years, decades, or even generations. So we, we do try to be measured when we discuss tactical changes or, or short-term adjustments. But we do often reiterate the importance of continuing to revisit your plan as goals can change and family priorities can a- a- adapt over time. And similarly, it's incredibly important to rebalance portfolios back to their strategic asset allocation periodically. And after a decade plus of, of bull market, we find that nearly all of our clients with exposure to risk assets will will invariably have significant embedded gains in portfolios. And so as we bring portfolios back in line with our plans and goals, We are having discussions with many of our clients about tax loss harvesting strategies and personalized tax management overlays to help offset some of these gains. We also saw a great deal of estate planning activity towards the end of 2020 in anticipation of a a potential blue wave and tax law changes. And we saw many wealthy families who sought to move assets out of their estate before year end, taking advantage of a historically high lifetime gift exemption and other benefits within our tax code. But what's equally important now is to revisit those assets and structures. The purpose may have changed, for example, if assets were moved into a trust or into a donor-advised fund or private foundation. We want to make sure that the asset allocation and the implementation is appropriate for the new goals of these funds. And as Emily mentioned, as beneficiaries change, we're finding that that new topics such as sustainable investing, for instance, are taking on an increased level of importance for those beneficiaries. And finally, Steve, and this is in line with our earlier discussion around the importance of identifying timeframes around when specific assets may be needed. If we're able to be fairly certain that some surplus assets may not be needed in the foreseeable future, it provides us with the opportunity to discuss longer term investments with clients, including private equity, private debt, and real estate where clients may be able to harvest an illiquidity premium and derive certain diversification benefits within their portfolios. So these would be three areas that would be my top strategies to focus on for many of our clients in 2021.
1: That's great, Ashok. Uh, And thank you, Emily. Great summary. Dan, over to you.
0: Well, a big thanks to our speakers today. Again, we have been joined by Steve Mattis, Head of Advisory and Planning Products, Emily Lau, Head of Wealth Planning Sales, and Ashok Eastman, Head of the Portfolio Advisory Group for the Americas. This is the fourth episode in a series focused on the evolution of advice and how we engage with U.S. clients. If you have not already, listen to our prior podcasts on the evolution of the industry, UBS's investment advisory offering, and the value of financial planning. The UBS Conversations podcast channel is available where podcasts are found, including on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Pandora. Visit UBS.com forward slash podcasts to view the entire UBS podcast offering. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us.
3: As a firm providing wealth management services to clients, UBS Financial Services Inc. offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC-registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC-registered broker-dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements.